Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 podcast, the show that saw Kevin De Bruyne unsettle Arsenal's title push just by jogging down the touchline. Uh, we're looking back in a bumper show at the greatest year of them all for City, 2023. The highs, odd low, then more highs. What happened, what it meant and where do we go from here? To do so, well, sadly Lloyd and Aitan are not available for this, so we'll have to deal with your steez and your Chris's. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, chaps. <laughs> Good afternoon, Chris. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fine, Howard. I, if I'm honest, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised you invited Steve on at all after that shocking <laughs> statement previous. But no, I, uh, I'm good and pleasure to be on. And just to say as well, I was, um, I was obviously I was there at the Etihad on Saturday, and the sound from that crowd when De Bruyne started to warm up, honestly, yeah. it, it sounded like Elvis had entered the building. It was like this yeah. high-pitched, hysterical scream of delight. I, I thought something major that was happened, just you. But yeah. I know it's just me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was it was it was a really it actually I was actually quite moved by it because it was mm. an overwhelming response just to his presence being able to run properly again on the sideline. Yeah, it was really, it just made me incredibly excited about when think, he could actually make his comeback. Do you think there was zero chance of him ever going on the pitch and he of was course. in the squad was, for that yeah. moment? There was. I, I don't think there was any chance. I. I, I think. I, what I hope it is, is 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 a strategic incremental approach to getting him back on the pitch. His name's on the team sheet, and then he'll warm up a bit, and then he, and then he may, he may warm up a little bit more against Huddersfield and play ten minutes, and just a slow yeah. reintroduction, really. But it was just great to see him back I, on there. I would hope for twenty minutes against Huddersfield, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I mean, how much longer can you leave it, really? So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, season of goodwill, so yes, invited Steve on. How are you, Steve? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Can I just point out that what you did there, that was that was out of order, because now Chris has been settled on twice, and through no fault of his own. That's not he still comes, ba- still comes back. He's, he is yeah. the best of us. It's the yes. yeah. It's just. I mean, I do. I have a higher moral ground than both of well, all of you really. <laughs> but 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 also, it, it's symptomatic, isn't it, of this sort of comprehensive abuse of officials? I'm just used to it. It's, it's water for ducks' backs. And... In this Pitch instance, for the you've just been yeah. dragged into it. I mean, yeah. by two very immature hosts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, Chris, for the record, off air said that was an absolutely clear penalty on there. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, really? I didn't. I think that's what you said. Keep it far work. How's your new year been, staying there? Very good, very quiet. Um, I just stayed in New Year's Eve, got drunk, um, watched Jules Holland, like most people, I guess, who stayed in. And yesterday, takeaway, I tell you what, someone said to me, I'll be quiet for takeaway tonight. No one really gets takeaways New Year's Day. What? It was, I've never seen it. It was it's like Vietnam, honestly. Um, really, really busy. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like, was it really like was, like was it really like Vietnam? It, it, it was not a Vietnamese takeaway. No, and so, what clearly what I meant to say, you know what I meant to say. It it, it was chaos, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I hope but there aren't any Vietnam. Hope there aren't any veterans listening to this who flew I'm, out of Saigon just, in '72. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just glad. I was just thinking of Robin Williams, like the smell of napalm in there. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a good sign for a takeaway. So I think we best no. move on and look at look back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let's let's uh, before we look at the whole, let's quickly whittle through the year itself. Now, 
stay out. I'll, I'll stick with you. Start with you. January two thousand twenty-three mm. seems. Well, I say it seems a long time ago. It a year is a long what? time, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I know, but it, I don't know. It seems more than a year because of what we're about to f- squeeze into this podcast mm. right now. Uh, of course, we went into the year not high on confidence. I would say. Well, I'm not a big fan of New Year's Eve, but the previous one had been ruined by a one-all draw at home to Everton. Before the World Cup, mm. there was the home defeat to Brentford. Arsenal had 50 points, I think, from the first 19. Mm. Uh, didn't look that good, did it? Did you give up at any point, specifically when you actually thought, we're not winning it this season and it's transitional? No, not one, not for one second did I give just up. Just me then. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm just looking at this graph now. We were second throughout. I mean, we were, you know, we were we were top spot for a week, um, soon enough in, in the year, and then back to second again. But we, we were never third. You know, we never drifted. Yeah. We were always had one team to beat. And I used to, you know, do the Premier League show and say every single week to whoever guest I had on, can Arsenal sustain this? Will they bottle it? And all the rest of it. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, I varied from week to week, frankly, on how I felt about Arsenal. But it's one team. And if City, this Manchester City team, as extraordinary as they are, just have one team to catch, we have proven time and time and time again that we have the capacity to kind of, you know, haul them in. Um, far, it would be far, if much different circumstance, even given the same points difference with Arsenal, if it was someone else in between us. But there never was. Well, Chris, I think my concerns were, well, yeah, we've been here and done it before, second half of the season team. It honestly felt like when you're in a one-on-one with another team, it's like, you know, it's normally Liverpool and you need to get to about 95 points plus. And it needs, it needs, and City had done this so many times, gone just one ten on the bounce. Mm. Last January, I just couldn't see City winning 10 goals, uh, ten games on the bounce at all. So, and I hey, think that was, what did I, I, I that, know, eh? But I think that's, for me, what, what the issue was because I... I didn't think Arsenal would implode to the point to, to, mm. to, to the extent to which they did, but yeah. I also knew that they would have a challenging period as, as every team does at some point, um, unless you're City in seventeen eighteen season where we really didn't at all. Uh, but that but that was unprecedented. What I was more concerned about was was I wasn't like, like yourself. I wasn't seeing all the component parts coming together that that gave me confidence that we could put a run together. I just wasn't seeing it. For, for every one step forward, it felt like there was two steps back. Um, I wouldn't say I ever gave up because, you know, with this City yeah. team, it would be folly <laughs> to do that. But but there was, it was, I think it was the Spurs at home at half-time, 2-0 down, when I just said to myself, OK, focus on the Champions League because I don't mm. think, we're basically, we're our own worst enemy we're making unforced errors all over the pitch and and I, and I just didn't see it I just didn't see the rhythm beginning it it was staccato up until that point but I, I never I never completely gave up I just started to shift into that 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 kind of phase of acceptance that it might not happen uh, this year and um, yeah and I think and I think it was uh, yeah Arsenal, I thought would like I said, I think they would have a problem, but I'd not to the extent in which they did. And unfortunately, so unfortunately, that coincided when we started to really kick in. So, Steve, we, yeah, we beat Chelsea in the league away, mm-hmm. so that got the confidence back up and hammered them in the cup as well. Then there was the 
the lowest of the lows, that Carabao Cup defeat to Southampton. But did it mm. really matter? Except to tell us that Calvin Phillips wasn't up to it. But then, of course, came Old Trafford on the 14th of January. And that goal totally changed the game. And it, City ended up losing. How did he feel after that game? Was it just angry at the, oh, yeah. the refereeing decision or more angry at the results <laughs> and where it left us in the season? No, 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 no. I wasn't angry at the result of where it left us and I wasn't angry at City or, you know, kind of thinking we're not quite at it and all the rest of it. I just felt cheated. 100% felt cheated. I mean, that goal is absolutely ludicrous. Um, and subsequent to that, we've had all manner of debates covering all manner of teams and, and said, oh, this is wrong and look at VAR here, they've let us down here. And, you know, every week on Match of a Day, there's three or four big discussions about VAR. That was the the most farcical goal given, I would say, in 2023. And it happened in the Manchester derby. And it got them back into the game. And subsequently, you know, we hadn't uh, organised ourselves after that. Uh, and we conceded once more. We were cheated that day. No question about it. And when I say cheated, I don't mean purposely cheated, by the way, by the referee. I mean, you know, it was taken out of our hands by a ludicrously bad decision. Liverpool fans would disagree about worst decision, but... It does baffle the brain. I mean, well, the one at the Liverpool was a simple mistake. So we can explain mm, that one, bad mm. as it was. Whereas this, I cannot understand, Chris, why they. Dis- I, I know, honestly, I don't understand why they use the laws that can mm. be you know, interpreted a certain way to give this goal. I honestly cannot understand it. He, um, yeah, the, 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 the VAR error against with Spurs Liverpool was a human error it was a, it was a misunderstanding that was that, yeah. that happened happened because they were trying to speed up the, the process so that's forgivable I guess although if it happened to us I wondered how I would feel about it this one this one at Old Trafford was just it, it, it was a, it was just simply a terrible de, um, decision where the um, where the, the, the on-field the, the referee chose to abide by the, the the law almost as if he was a civil servant who'd been in office for 40 years and would be unmoved by any variation and this is not hyperbole to say it's the worst decision i've seen on a football pitch taken by a referee since schumacher not that the french international yeah, yeah. unconscious and the referee gave a goal kick because it was it was a clear ignoring of what the facts were and a clear resistance to what would be common sense what would what would be the expected outcome of that and i i like like steve i didn't care less where, where this left us in the table i didn't care less yeah. if we dropped points i was i was incandescent with rage at what they'd done at the highest level and then the impact it might then have on the rest of football for the rest of the season. I'm thinking on a Saturday afternoon, I'm going to have players screaming at me saying, but it wasn't given in, in, in that game. It was a shocking um, decision. And that re- who was the referee who gave it? Do you recall? Atwell, Stuart Atwell. Was it Atwell? Yeah. yeah. I mean, when something like that happens, I would question the absolute competence of an official to be able to officiate for, for the rest of the season. It's basically like a, a mechanic not knowing how to open a bonnet of a car. It, it was a fundamental <laughs> failing. So yeah, yeah it was. I was so I was so indignant with rage. But we didn't get an, an apology from Howard Webb for that one either, yeah. did we? So. No. Uh, anyway, let's move on from that, that shower. So yeah, 
by 19th of January, a certain time, half-time, 2-0 down at home to Spurs, it did feel like a lot was unravelling domestically. Yeah. Uh, but, second half comeback, 4-2, beat Wolves, knocked Arsenal out of the cup. Uh, in the next round of the FA Cup, we always get the easy easy ties, stick, as you well know. <laughs> but we still had to go to Spurs, didn't we, Steve? <laughs> And what yeah. a two days this was on and off the pitch. So, any surprise whatsoever that we lose 1-0 to, to Spurs? No. No, it's a Spurs tax. We pay it every year. We pay it once or twice <laughs> a year. And, and, and that's what we did. And, and in order to get all of our glories and, and victories and incredible football, we have to pay Tottenham tax. And that's, that's just it. It's, that's how I make sense of it these days. Um, that's how I can abide it. So. Yeah. I mean, in this, in this instance, obviously, you know, given the, the time of the season it was, given the circumstances preceded it, because we, you know, as as furious as I was at that derby loss, it's also the fact that we've we've lost ground on uh, further ground on Arsenal, so there's that to, to factor in too. Um, I don't recall where we were after losing to Spurs. Were we about six or seven points behind Arsenal? It started to feel then like it was like, mm. and I distinctly recall having. The Premier League show, you know, kind of having guests on who's saying, yeah, but it's all right because City, uh, yeah, we always put together 14 game wins. Like, yeah, but the fact that we have to in this instance, we can never, we should never take that for granted. Yeah. Um, that, that was assume it's concern. going to happen. Yeah. Exactly. That that was my big thing at that point. I, I distinctly remember that, just kind of saying to a couple of guests, yeah, I'll be great, but, you know, just because it's happened before doesn't mean it's going to happen again. And in this instance, we have to. And I wasn't sure if we had the, the ability to do that. No. Well, Groundhog Day apart, there was something much bigger on the horizon. Chris, next morning, 9am, wake up feeling crap at another defeat to Spurs and find out City have been the recipient of 115 charges from the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know the rest. We all know uh, how this is It's going to play out over years and years. We all know the arguments at the time. I guess the key thing we were reviewing the year was, short term, was it actually a good thing was it for you, the moment that galvanised the club? It had a dual effect for me. I I felt a greater shock when we were kicked out of the Champions League temporarily on Valentine's Day. Do you recall that one? And and mm. and I and and I I felt quite a seismic shock on that, thinking this is this is a major problem. And because it was all over the national news, even those people who had zero interest in football suddenly had a stick to beat us with if you were a City fan. Um, these charges from the Premier League, I, I guess they didn't impact me as much. I just thought, well, this will just go into litigation and it will be dragged out forever. And there's a big chance that, that it's, it's binary. It's going to go one of either ways with this. And the way City responded, I think, okay, they must be confident. But I think it did have a galvanising effect in in that well as city fans we don't need a great deal to feel as if we are isolated it felt it's felt that way for about 15 years and i think that further did that but what i did think was it seemed to have a similar impact on the players and the manager when when guardiola said i'm going nowhere i'm staying here there was there was that was real Bertie stuff coming from him Mm. and i think that when the fans saw that response from the chairman and from the manager and then the players as well it galvanized the whole city community and that's why it felt quite positive in a peculiar kind of way but 
and of course we're still to see we're still to see it come to fruition to see what the the, the legacy of this is going to be but I think it did have a galvanizing effect both directly and indirectly thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show to listen to the full podcast and all our contents including reviews previews analysis quizzes and much more go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.